So many souls have tested him throughout the course of time. So many still reach out to him with broken parts and minds. And every one of them will say without exception that they find Jesus never fails. Even in the days of old, he brought his people through. Take your Bible. This is a Bible-preaching church. It's a Bible-based church, a fundamental uh, of, of doctrine, independent of association. We're a Baptist church. We do follow the normal Baptist doctrine, which we believe is the best. If we didn't, we'd be a Presbyterian, or we'd be a Lutheran, or we'd be an Episcopalian. But we're Baptists because we've chosen to be, because we believe they're the closest denomination, if you want to call it that way, to what the Bible says. And we want to do what the Bible says, no matter what. If the Baptists left the Bible, we leave the Baptists. We're not loyal to institutions. We're loyal to the Savior. And we're loyal to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we're independent, um, really, is because we're loyal to the Savior and the Bible. We, are, we use the King James Bible because we think it's the best Bible. We think it's God-preserved Bible. And we're for it. And if you'd like to know more about that, there's all kinds of information we'd like to give you. Uh, Colossians chapter 3. It's, it's a well-plowed uh, well field. I hope you as a Christian have spent some time in the book of Colossians, the book of Ephesians, the book of you know, Philippians, the book of Galatians. Those books, Galatians and Ephesians, Philippians and Colossians, whoo, how to live the Christian life, just literally concentrated. Those books are short, but they're just concentrated with power, concentrated with, I like the part of the Bible that tells me how to live the Christian life. Now, what part of the Bible is that, Brother Bill? That's from Romans to Jude. The Gospels tell us who Jesus is and why he came and what he came for, to save us, of course, and to die and to pay for our sins. And the book of Acts tells what happened the first hundred years of the, lo of, of the local church and how they handled it and gives us all kinds of great information. The deacons are mentioned in chapter 6. Acts tells us we ought to have deacons and things, who they are, what they are, what the qualifications are. But from the book of Romans all the way to Jude tells us 
this is how to live the Christian life. So as a born-again Christian, and, and if you've just been saved recently in the last year or so, you want to spend your time, of course, in the Gospels and know who Jesus is, but you want to concentrate in Romans to the book of Jude, and especially in these little, these little short books, they are just chucked full of this is how you live the Christian life. That's what these, bo that's what these boxes are up here for. I thought maybe you're a little curious you that are visiting, we don't normally have these tables up here, don't normally have these boxes here. But I'm not a normal preacher anyway, so it's no surprise to our folks. But I'm going to hopefully drive, drive this point home here that we find in Colossians chapter 3, 1 through 11. We'll concentrate on the early verses, but I want to read this to get the context. If, circle the word, if you mark your Bibles, if you mark your Bibles, circle the word if. If you then be risen with Christ, seek, S please circle the word seek or mark it, those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set, circle the word set, your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. That is a repeating statement in other places of Scripture. Verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, because we're wrapped up in him, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Jesus said, if I live, you shall live also. If Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And by the way, that's good. That's real good. So you, you, you've been given the, if I may say, the first four verses there, some doctrine, some teaching. This is the way it is. These are, these are positional things. These are, these are suggestions and positional things, uh, something you may not know about. But in verse 5 on, it starts giving the application for you. What, what are you supposed to do here? Mortify, therefore. And by the way, you can put a uh, uh, you there. It means you all, you. You mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. What are those? The, I hate to admit this, but these things dwell in me. I hate to admit it, but these things dwell in me. In other words, my old man, Bill Lytell, that, that hopefully you don't see very often, but once in a while he raises his ugly head. But uh, the old man, Bill, is no good. No good. No good. There's not one good thing in him. That's what the Bible says. If you want to see a good description of who you are, you have to read Romans chapter 3. I'm not going to go into that, but you read Romans chapter 3. There's none good. No, not one. And then it goes in to describe what that not good is. I'm not going to go over that this morning, but it's pretty bad. I preached a whole sermon on Romans chapter 3 there, and God always moves, always moves when I preach that. I think God's pleased when we realize who we are. If you have children, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If your child lies, you don't want him to think that's okay, and you don't want him somehow to think that that's a good way to live, right? If your child lies, you don't want him to learn that. And God knows that we are, we are by nature sinners, and he doesn't want us to think this is okay to be this way because it's going to lead to death. Anybody who follows the sinful path, the old man's going to lead to eventual separation from God in a place called hell. He doesn't want any good father wants their children to succeed. So he says, you mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Now here's what they are, fornication. You can go on almost any sin list. And you're going to find immorality, number one. 
go to almost any sin list in the Bible, there's five major sin lists, you're going to find immorality, and there's different kinds of immorality, but you're going to find it at the top of the list. I wonder if maybe that's our greatest weakness. You think? You think? Fornication, uncleanness, that has to do with sexual sins. Inordinate affection, that has also and can have to do with sexual sins. Evil concupiscence, that's desiring that which is forbidden. That definitely deals with a sexual sin. And then it goes to covetousness. That's replacing God by what only God really should, should fulfill in your life. That's by having a car replace God or a house replace God or income replace God or a job replace God. It's a form of covetousness, which is idolatry, and that's why it says that. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye, that's plural, also walked some time when ye lived in them. We all come from the same miry pit. But now ye also put off all these, what are they? Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, lie one, not one to another, seeing that ye have put off, you all have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him which is Jesus Christ of course where there is neither Greek nor circumcision nor um, uncircumcision barbarian Scythian bond or free but Christ is all and in all what a passage of scripture Ooh, let's just mine a little bit in here and walk around in this, hopefully leave with something God wants you to have. Father, pray that you'd come now, the Holy Spirit would take over my mouth, my mind, that I could be a spokesman for you, a channel simply of the blessed Holy Spirit and the Word of God. That would be, that would be my prayer. We pray that there would be someone here that could have come in seeking for something better in life, something more in life. They know in in, in, in intuitively that they've sinned against the God that made them and they don't know how to deal with it, or what, what direction to go. May they understand what it means to be saved, to have their sins forgiven, and to have a new place uh, with the God that made them. Father, we pray that you just overcome every distraction. In Jesus' name, amen. The passage starts out with if, if, if ye be risen with Christ. Paul is doing what any good real estate salesperson would do. Now, we have a good real estate person in our midst. That's the song leader, Jim Not. In fact, I advise you, if you want to list or sell a property, go ahead and call him up. There's nothing wrong with that. He would never tell me to do this, but I do get a commission off of what he sells. No. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. But Jimmy is a good, Jim, or affectionately called Jimmy, um, is a good real estate salesperson. There aren't many of them. Out of all the real estate people, and there's a ton of real estate folks, every other person has a real estate license in Florida. I don't know why, but they do. And But only 5% sell 95% of everything is sold out there and do it. It's, it's a hard job. But the first thing you learn as a good salesperson, whether it be real estate or another uh, sales type, is you qualify your prospect. Makes sense, right? Because Brother Jim... Uh, Looky-loo, as they call him, affectionately, 
in the industry. A looky-loo will come with no money and no credit and no real ability to buy anything and spend all day going around in your car as you show them this house and that house to finally come to the end of the day saying, well, how would you, well, I really don't have any money. I have bad credit. I can't buy it, but I just want to look around. Well, Brother, Brother Jim and any real estate person gets their uh, income to live on through sales, not through running around looking at houses. Amen? Now, that may be part of it. So, a good, I, I know you may not, I mean, you may not believe this, but I personally had my broker's license at one time, I had my uh, appraiser's license at one time. My parents were in the real estate their whole, pretty much most of their adult life, and they got me in it also for a while. And so I had all that, and I, I went to school. Burt Rogers, man, pounded this stuff in me, so I passed the tests and all that. And so I, I speak authoritatively when I said they pounded one thing in, qualify the prospect. So the first thing that you do when you come up to somebody who wants to buy something or wants Brother Jim to show him something, says, uh, how's your credit? What's your credit rating? Oh, my credit rating is 425. Well, it was good to know you. I invite you to Gospel Baptist Church, but I'm not going to take you out to see anything. But my wife's credit is 800. Well, in that case, I got time for you. This, I got but you, you're, you would qualify. What does Paul do in this passage? He qualifies the people that are reading it. He says, if ye then be risen with Christ. Because this whole rest of the 11 verses are superfluous if you don't know Jesus. Because you can't do these things that he mentions here without the power of the Holy Spirit. I wish I could tell you that you could live for Christ in your willpower, or the, or the Bible calls it the power of the flesh, but you fail miserably. And how many Christians in this auditorium have tried to live the Christian life in your willpower just to find yourself uh, face down on the ground having failed? miserably. And it will happen to you over and over and over again if you try to do the good things that God wants us to do in the power of the flesh. Now that doesn't mean you don't do them and that doesn't mean you don't have some uh, contribution to the process. See the old Calvinist wants to tell you you got no contribution to the process. That God himself gives you the faith even to believe. He, he, and so he, he wants to make it like even after you get saved, which you had nothing to do with, the life you live you really have nothing to do with because you, you can't stop this. I mean, that's hyper-Calvinism. I understand that. But it's prevalent all over the United States and really all over the world. But it's a false teaching of Scripture. Look at this passage. You don't have to have a bachelor's degree. You don't have to have a master's degree. You don't have to have a doctor's degree to know what this passage is saying because you, as a born-again believer, if ye be risen with Christ. If you're a born-again believer here this morning, if you, and of course, if you're a born-again believer, you possess the Holy Spirit, which is given to you forever, and according to John chapter 14, will never leave you. Even when you die, he's go, you're going to be in heaven with him. Then you can do these things that he mentions here. And bigger than that, you're responsible to do these things. And, if I may add, if you don't do these things, you're never going to be happy as a Christian. You're never going to feel that God is working for you if you don't decide to do that. But I believe that, that we have more to do with our success as a Christian than many people are teaching out there or trying to tell you about. They're trying to say, well, you couldn't help it. You're no, you, the Bible doesn't say that. You'll never find that in the Bible. You can't help it. 
The Bible calls us responsible and holds us responsible to live for Christ if ye be risen in him. Are you part of the body of Christ this morning? Could you, could you take the Bible this morning and, and open it up and show, by the way, these things bother me. If they bother you, don't feel bad. Uh, could you open the Bible and say, yeah, the, the, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. According to John 3, 16, and further, maybe go in John, other places there, and say, these scriptures, I, I believe. Maybe you'd go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Maybe you'd go to Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Uh, verse 13 or whatever, and you say, because I have done with these, but you can say I'm, I'm saved. You know what I mean? And you say, well, brother, I don't know about them. You ought to know about them. What's holding you back? Well, I just got saved last night. I'd give you some room on that. If you got saved last night, if you got saved last week, I'd give you some room that you may not be able to take the Bible and show people. Man, some of you people claim to be saved for years. Years. Now, if you birthed a child and they were still breastfeeding at 10 years old, would you not be alarmed a little bit? I would. I'd say, that child, there's something dramatically wrong with that child. And, and, and I think there's a group of people out there that have kind of given up on growing themselves in Christ. But we have been given part, part of the joint partnership with Jesus. We have a, sure God has enabled us. Sure God has come and convicted us with the Holy Spirit. Sure God has made us aware of our precarious position uh, and our sin that cannot be redeemed by our own good works. Sure God lets you hear the word of God. Sure God sent the whole, the, the, somebody by uh, to, to tell you about it. God had a, a massive, and of course Christ dying on the cross and making it available for us. That's all God's part. But after that, we've got a part to live. We're responsible to seek those things which are above. That's your responsibility. That's my responsibility. The word seek is in the present linear. What's that mean? That simply means that is something is repetitively done over and over and over again. Keep seeking. Be seeking is what it's saying there. Be seeking those things which are above. Seek them on a, on a continual basis. It's a daily decision-making. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 says, and Jesus said to them, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and I love Luke's version of this, daily, and follow me. Daily. You know, I know you girls like security. Most women like security. Men, we like security some, but sometimes we just like to lay camp out on the ground with nothing. That's awful quiet. You know, the hunter in us likes to kind of just, we don't mind being busted where we got five bucks left. Well, we don't mind it a fraction as much as the ladies mind being broke with five bucks. But but we we the life that we live is a, is a daily follow me daily follow me. I like I like Luke because of that. The other places say follow him, but in Luke it clarifies it says that day our life is a daily walk. 
We daily get up to a brand new environment. I tell you the truth, I thought for years I could predict, life's unpredictable. You have no clue what's going to happen next. And Jesus said, I'm not going to tell you. You just need to trust me one step at a time. So living the Christian life is, is like Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, it's just this one foot in front of the other. It's just this daily walk. The trouble is the ladies sometimes, they want to live way out in the future. You're not going to be able to live out in the future. I could, when, I, when I said, when my wife said I, she loved me and gave herself to me and excluded all other people in the world and all that other stuff, she had no clue. We were, on, we were in for a wild and crazy ride. And that I didn't mind living in, in poor areas, and, and uh, I didn't mind living in, in uh, and, and I put her in a place where when you hit the walls, the roaches ran. I, one, one morning, I got up at a place we stayed in, and a roach was cleaning my toothbrush. How'd I know? It had that long tongue under each bristle, and would just kind of go like that, working his way down. I thought, well, good, you ain't done. You got you to do better than that. You got to be done by the time I get up. I didn't like that, but I was willing to live in that. And God bless my woman. I, I can imagine what she went through during that period of time. But our Christian life is a daily. We are to seek daily. We get up daily and say, God, help me today. I'd love to tell some of you people who want to know the whole future, what's going to happen, that that's the way it is, but that's not. God likes to keep your 10 toes hanging off the front of the surfboard for you California folks. I mean, he wants, he doesn't want it to be, oh, I got this all figured out. This is the way this is going to happen. This is the way we're going to retire. We're going to have this. We're going to move to four. No, no, he doesn't. No, you don't know what's going to happen. If you be risen in Christ, seek those things which are above. Two major choices God gives us here in this passage. And seek those things which are above, daily seeking them. Uh, my wife's a super seeker. She's a super shopper. I, I've known her now, 47, 48, 49 years. Some of you men, how long have you been married? I'm not going to ask you. But uh, I've known her that long. I've only been married 47 short, wonderful years. But uh, for 49 years, I've known her since she was 16 years old. And I can tell you, that woman stuns me. when she wants, She's a super seeker. When she wants to buy something, now the difference between her and me, if I want to go buy something, I go to the store, the first store. It's there, I buy it. Amen. All you guys, amen. I appreciate it. It's there, I buy it. Oh, you know, it's a little expensive maybe. Could it be cheaper down the road? Yeah, but I don't want to go down there. My time's worth too much. I'll just buy it here. No, no. My wife will go to a place. I've watched her. She'll go to a place. She'll take this dress out. How you like? Oh, I like that. She'll hang it up. Oh, I like, oh, I like that hanging up. Oh, I like that hanging up. Now she got three dresses out there. She said, oh. I said, honey, I'd really like that one. You know what I mean, man? You've done it. Let's buy this thing and get out of here. <laughs> oh, I like that one right there. She can, yeah, you know, there's a couple things that fits me a little too tight in the middle. So I'll put it back. She takes all three dresses, puts them back. She says, we're going to go someplace. So she goes someplace else down the mall. She takes this out. How do you like it? I like it. I go through the same thing. I like, really like that one. I like that one better than the other three. She said, no, you know, they're a little bit overpriced. She puts them all back. Then we go to the third place. I'm sitting in the bench outside by that time, amen? <laughs> but, but, but she goes in that third place. and she's, I like that. She, I, she comes out of the third place. Said, Did you find it? No, just couldn't find the right price. And I think there's a better price down the road. 
I think I'm going back to that first place. We go back to the first place. I really like that one. No, I want this one over here. So, what would you buy for that? Oh, she'll say, I, I paid. She'll come out. My, my, my wife's favorite thing is she'll come out as a super shopper, super seeker. She comes out and says, how do you like this? Does this look good on me? Oh, honey, that looks beautiful. That looks beautiful. Oh, that's good. That's really, she said, what do you think it costs? Oh, I think it costs 500 bucks. Just start high. You might as well. So I think it costs $1,000. In the case of Georgia, maybe you start a little higher than 500 but. But. Uh, uh, oh, brother. Welcome home. But uh, that costs 500 Oh, no, 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 no. Guess again. Uh, you know, okay, uh, 400 No, 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 no. You're not even close. Okay, $100. No, no, no. What is it, woman? How much did you pay? $4. I paid $4 for this dress. I paid $4 for those shoes. I paid $6 for That's the woman. God says, I want you to seek me more than that. Now, be honest with yourself. Are you seeking God? Like you seek a new dress? Like you seek new shoes? Like you seek uh, a new gun? Like you read everything? Research everything? Go to, go to the record, go to the, go, go to the blogs, find out what they say about it. Jesus, now look, he's the, savior, he's the Savior of our soul, the forgiver of all of our sins. I don't think it's unreasonable in this passage to say, because I, if you be risen with Christ, remember he qualified you, you're, you're a born-again believer, your sins have been forgiven, your name has been put in the Lamb's Book of Life. He, the Bible says in John 14, he's preparing a place for you, just for you, the right color, the right size, the right everything. And, and trust me, I haven't been married for seven years. That's not easy. If you want some advice on giving Christmas gifts to your wife, come to me afterwards. I got some suggestions. But I mean, God has made stuff just the way we... It would be reasonable for us to seek Him. But I, I have people... I, I, because I'm a pastor, I hear of failure regularly. That should never happen. Why? You are risen with Christ. You have everything you need to succeed. You have the blessed Holy Spirit. You've got it, God before you. Who can be against you? The only part that is iffy is the part you have, the part I have. Will you seek? Those things which are above. It's a choice, amen? Is it not a choice? Is it not a choice in the text? Is it not a choice in the context? That he is giving us a choice. How in the world would you be judged at the judgment seat of Christ if you didn't have anything to do with anything? But the truth is, you do have a lot to do with your salvation. You do have a lot to do with the outcome of your salvation. You do have a lot to do with what you receive as rewards in heaven. According to the Bible, they're going to be put before him and tested by the fire of God. And, and the quality of the work will last, but the work that we do for ourselves will not last. Seek those things which are above. Seek, 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 actively and constantly. Then secondly, what's he say? Set your affections 
on things above. So we seek those things which are above. That's what I want in my life. That's what I want my life to be like. And then I, I set my affections on them. That, that is to get seriously to make the ingrain it, ingrain it in those things which are above. Set your affection on things above in contrast to the things below in this old world. Now, you see these boxes up here. This is me. Right here, my affections, my affections. When I was unsaved, I was full of this, full of anger, because my old nature is full of anger. And that was, that's what was in me. I had anger in me there. This is something else was in me. Lying. If it benefited me in some way, I would lie. Uh, if a woman walked by scantily clad, I would lust. And she didn't have to be too scantily clad. Before I got saved, if you trust me, I put you on my blacklist. My malice list. I think how a lot of different ways that you could die slowly. I'm not that much different than you are, am I? I had a lot of wrath. I didn't get my own way. I didn't get the way things work out. This was in me right here. That's in me. Oh, look at all these boxes. One of my family traits, cussing. We have filthy mouths. Lytales have filthy mouths. We get mad. We start calling up things. Can't hardly be pronounced. We had, a, I'd get mad at God before I got saved. I'd talk against God. That's what blasphemy has. Blasphemy simply means to talk against God. I talk against God. I went to my parents one time and said, I don't want to be a Christian. I never want to be raised in a Christian home. I didn't choose it, and I'm sorry I am. Going along with the lust, eventually comes this. This is immorality of all kinds, fornication, immorality of all kinds. It can be as simple as appearing naked in public or in a magazine. It is all kinds of immorality that God says is, is out, outside of marriage. You cannot do that. I had that in me. Oh, look at this. I had uncleanness. Now, uncleanness has to do, that is that, that can fringe on bestiality and some of the more deviant uh, forms of sexual sin. Inappropriate affection, inordinate affection, I should say, in, inordinate. This is simply loving your dog more than your child. The aisles should be full this morning. Loving your cat more than your husband. If you rubbed, if you petted your husband like you do that cat, he'd stick with you. Yeah, if you got that much attention, whew, adultery, adultery, being unfaithful to your vow, breaking your fidelity comes from the old man. That's the old man in me. I had all these stuff. You have them too, by the way. Oh, I wanted it all. I wanted it now. Covetousness. I was full of covetousness. I just wanted stuff, greed. I wanted your stuff. I wanted your stuff. Not just my stuff. If you had it, I wanted your I'd take it from you so I could have it. And my last thing here, evil concupiscence. These are all mentioned in Scripture. Evil concupiscence. What is this? A big word. I like the word concupiscence because it just comes off your tongue. Is the desiring that which is forbidden? Oh, I got a cookie you don't. I got a piece of pie you don't. I got this you don't. I, you want what I got. Even if you got something good, you want what I have. That's all the evil nature. He's saying put off 
those things. Now, you're full of those things. You're put off the old man. This is the old man I come with. Jesus comes in. I say, Lord God, I'm full of sin. How could I deny it? Lord God, I'm a sinner unable to save myself. How can I undo one sin I've ever done? I need you. You died on the cross. You paid for my sins before the Father. Now you offer me the free gift of eternal life by simple faith, by the grace of God and faith in Jesus. I, I don't have much faith. I got childlike faith. Lord Jesus, save me. The old guy coming to the temple wouldn't raise his head as much as the heaven and beat his chest and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said he got saved. Thief on the cross said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. He got saved. People get saved differently, verbiage, different verbiage. But their heart has to be the same. That is when you embrace the truth of the gospel, that Jesus Christ died for you, was buried and rose again the third day. He's God's provision for your sin and my sin. When you by faith embrace that, you become his child. Yes, these old nature, the old man, he is cut off. He is dead. Both in Colossians here in Romans chapter 6 said the power of sin has been canceled. It's been cut. You are not like the comedian said the devil made me do it. The devil does not make you do it after you get saved. You choose to do it. But not seeking those things which are above. But not setting your affection on things which are above. Daily, every day, all day. It's the rest of your life. And then here's what the Bible says to take on. Put on. Read the passage. Put on those things which are above. Put, put on the things of the new man. Meekness. Put on meekness. Being able to handle authority without being arrogant. Being, being uh, uh, willing to, to condescend of men of low estate. Long-suffering. Patience is relative of this. Being willing to, to not just judge somebody instantly and immediately, but to love them and to try to help them and to pull them up. Remember from where you came. By the way, these are gifts of the Holy Spirit, the nine of them. Gentleness. Gentleness. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, these are listed in uh, Galatians chapter 5 as as gifts of the Holy Spirit and as power as part of who he is. You'll you'll, you'll tend to be more gentle. And even though some people don't believe this, I'm much more gentle than I used to be. Temperance. Temperance is the last of the nine in the list. Uh, Temperance is self-control. It's the ability to control. Listen, you men in here, listen to me. You're sexual creatures, but you should not be controlled by it. You, your mind, and the Holy Spirit of God, and your will can overcome the evil and become self-controlled. That's what you're supposed to put in there. Goodness, goodness. God says, uh, one of my attributes of the Holy Spirit is goodness. Uh, People want a neighbor like this, amen? You want to live beside somebody with goodness. Here's one, love. That's agape love, willing to sacrifice yourself for for each other. Another one is faith, believing. Listen, conspiracy mentality is of the devil himself. Should I repeat that? Conspiracy mentality is of the devil himself. Why? Because conspiracy mentality breeds on fear. And the Bible says that we are not given to the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. I'm not worried about who's controlling the world. I know who controls the world, Jesus Christ. And not one hair on my head is going to move without permission from him. 
peace. I'm not going around biting my nails on, on, on the election or on the politics at all. I didn't bite my nails. I'm not biting. I'm, hey, I was even, I begged God and fasted for three days that Trump would win. But I'm going to tell you, if Hillary had won, I'd still be at peace this morning. Because my life does not rise or fall on who's in the, who's in the presidency of the United States. It is affected by it. But it doesn't rise or fall. Why? I've been given, I put on the new man. And, and, and this is something you can appropriate or you can say, I don't want it. How about joy? That's the deep, deep sense of calmness that comes over a believer, even when he's, when he's made as in death or dying or he had an auto, awful tragedy happen in his family. I find Christians that have the blessed Holy Spirit still have joy. They got joy. Oh, they're not going around giggling. They may be struggling with the loss of a mate or the loss of a friend. But brother, you still have the joy that knowing someday we'll all be united together again. Both my parents are gone on both sides. I miss them. But I've got the joy of the Lord knowing that someday I get to see him again because they knew Christ. Dear, what a, what a salvation we have. What a salvation. Verse 4, when Christ who is our life shall appear, we shall also appear with him in glory. So now, the old man, he's in here, but I'm not going to let him out. New man, I'm going to put him on. In the mornings, you they get up grouchy. Let her sleep. I'm going to put on the new man. I'm going to get up. You, you choose not to be grouchy. You choose to have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. You choose to have them. You say, I'm, I'm defeated. Then get on your knees before God and say, I choose to set my affections on things above. I choose to keep looking up to the throne of God. That means if you do that, brother, and i got to end with this, you'll be in the Word of God because this is where 95% of your encouragement is going to come from right here. You that have decided not to read the Bible for some reason, I feel bad for you. Don't let any excuse stop you from reading this through every year. You need to be washed by this Word once a year, to minimum once a year. I'm not getting up here and flapping my lips. I'm getting up here from experience of many years. People that fail stay out of the Bible. First thing it goes is the Bible. Why? It's the power cord that connects you with God and empowers the good things rather than the bad things. Father, help us this morning. If you would like to know more about Jesus and the subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239 947 one, two, eight, five. God bless.